Welcome to Sideshow Frasier. This is a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and my good longtime friend here, Jordan Wilson. Well, you know, we have been friends quite a while. Almost when Frasier was on, we were actually friends when Frasier was still airing. You can't prove that. Tax records and and yearbooks would show otherwise. That's true. <laughs> I suppose yearbooks are an official record, but I bet you could get some weird mafioso stuff to like reprint those and then go to everyone's house and steal the old yearbooks. It could be done. That's a pretty good movie plotline, or like a video game, like Hitman, except you have to you have what a to boring go steal, video game. <laughs> you got to go Maybe. steal yearbooks from people's houses. Yeah, it's like Paperboy, but way worse. <laughs> um, you don't get to drive down the street and hit people with papers. You have to sneak into their home like Santa Claus. Their only motivation is to destroy classmates.com. Okay, is that a thing? I've never been to classmates. You don't know classmates? <laughs> You have to pay money to see your yearbook. <laughs> I'm not checking out classmates often. Oh, you're not on classmates? Uh, <laughs> by the way, this episode is sponsored by classmates.com. Uh, go to classmates to, apparently, as Jordan said, pay for your... Uh, <laughs> classmates. It's <laughs> like Facebook, classmates. but more expensive. The new Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um I will set up, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, the new Frasier reboot is not on the air, so this Frasier show will cover the original Frasier series, debuting in 1993. As of this current recording, it's December 2022, so uh, latest news was David Hyde Pierce will not be rejoining for the reboot. So, yeah, that's right. So Frasier will be taking in a completely new direction, as they've said here, where he gets a whole new side cast and a whole new life for himself, but don't know much else yet. We'll see how that works out for him, Cotton. So today we're going to cover two shows. Our first show will be anchored by Frasier. It's season one, episode one, titled The Good Son. And then we'll also be looking at Home Improvement, the season three, episode one, uh, entitled Maybe Baby, I believe. Two crazy shows here. They aired on the same week. The Frasier episode aired on Thursday, September 16th, 1993. What a time to be alive. Jordan, what were you doing in 1993? I would be nine. You were born in 1955, right? Correct. I was just poking around as a nine-year-old child. Okay. Uh, we were, I guess, in like third grade, probably. That's what I was going to say. I don't remember being there for the Frasier season one, episode one I don't think I watched Frasier when I was a child. That's, I probably picked it up around fifth grade when I was maybe 10, 11 years old. Oh, so I don't think it reached syndication, but I think I had caught on to Seinfeld, and it was on the same NBC block there for a while. So I think I had been hipped to it around, uh, you know, 95. And see, a lot of that stuff didn't hit me until way later. Like, I didn't watch Seinfeld or Frasier or anything like that until I was, you know, basically a teenager. Yeah, once it was in syndication and it was all over the place, I think you had to be at 100 episodes to get into U.S. syndication and go out on all the crazy little local networks. Uh, But once it got out there, uh, I was all in. So I guess that was probably season four. Season five, something like that. This episode of Frasier 
had 28.1 million viewers on that Thursday night in 1993. And uh, hey, what happened in this episode? Well, I don't know much about uh, Frazier's history from Cheers. I've watched it a little bit. I think Jordan's See, far more yeah. well-versed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this episode, Frazier is in Seattle after a divorce. His old man basically needs a place to live after he takes a spill, and Niles won't take him in, so Frazier has to pick up the pieces. Was he in radio in Cheers, or Mm-mm. was he just a private practitioner? No, he was just a pri- like like Niles. So he didn't try his hand at radio until his whole life fell apart, because he was going to marry Diane, and that that fell apart. And then, of course, he married... Uh, he married Maris, and oh, yeah. uh, so him and Maris. No, 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 no. no Lilith. Wasn't, yeah, Lilith. Sorry, I always get Maris. It's Maris all right. I just wanted to confused. clarify before we got mad, angry to tweets. Our loyal That's <laughs> episode one. We have a loyal army of sideshow <laughs> Fraserites, or uh, you know that name's still in progress. Uh, don't hold me to that. We're but, kicking around some ideas. Um, but yes, he married Lilith. I would imagine, and she was in Cheers. She, she appeared. Uh, I don't really, I think so. I don't remember, honestly. I honestly don't remember if she I it's been a while since I've watched, you know, some cheers. The screen grabs I've seen of it or when I've watched it, uh, was Frazier pretty well to do? Was he kind of like the professional in the group versus some more He absolutely was. And the juxtaposition of him next to like Cliff and Norm is hilarious and uh yeah, he but he's not nearly as high class and for lack of a better term snooty as he becomes when he goes back to seattle okay which i believe is probably an influence of his brother yeah his brother is something else we do see niles pretty early in this episode where niles kind of has to progress the plot after we see frazier and radio land he meets up with niles at what we'll later know is cafe nervosa But Niles gives him the heads up, hey, our old man took a spill in the shower. One of his police buddies found him in the bathroom. And Niles, kind of like a real uh, jerk here, is like, hey, I've already looked into some old folks' homes for this guy. (laughs) And I don't know how old Marty is. They don't set it up in the episode. Frazier mentions he's a young man. The actor, John Mahoney, was like 53 when this was filmed. Really? Yes. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty young to be like, let's put the old man in a home. See, and the thing about these now watching shows like this is Frazier's probably like 32 or something in this. I mean, how old is he supposed to be? Like 35? Man, I don't know. I'll have to look into what the season one age of him is. It's always weird because like Seinfeld, they're like in their early 30s, you know, and you watch it and you're like, what? Like, really? Yeah, I got to look up at least Kelsey Grammer's age here. Apologies. If Frazier's 35 years old and he's got that banging apartment, you know, overlooking the space needle, that's he's done pretty good. He has done pretty well. You're right about that. He, but he obviously did pretty well because he came straight from Seattle or straight from Boston and and purchased that apartment. You know what I mean? So like his practice was doing fine in in Boston. He made a he made a, a good living. Oh, good gravy. Apparently, according to Dr. Google here, this is a very official news site. Um, <laughs> it says 
Frasier's age in the show is 41 years old in season one. Okay. So, so then Marty would be easily in his yeah, 60s. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. We can't, so, yeah, John Mahoney playing up quite a bit there using his white hair because, yeah, mm-hmm. he can't only be 53. He's got to be. Well, and he, and he was a young guy. So they were like, well, what, what can we do? Well, we can give him a limp and a cane. Mm-hmm. We can give him, we can give him a, a disability or a, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He's. But he, he's been shot in the hip. We do find out he's been shot in the hip, basically. Niles, for some reason, says he can't take in the old man because Maris doesn't like him. That's basically, <laughs> even though he's totally loaded and probably has more than enough room than Frazier in his apartment that he just bought, he's like, nah, man, there's nothing I can do. It's old folks home or you take him in, basically. So Niles... uh kind of reacts with glee when he pushes this on to Frasier. So I would say episode one, I would think Niles is a real butt. Um, (laughs) Be like, hey, that guy's not a very nice person. Does not care about his dad. Then we get to uh, Frasier's apartment there where we meet the father. We meet Martin and we... (laughs) At the beginning of this scene, I think we see Frazier wailing on the piano. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you tickle the ivories uh, yourself there. Was he doing anything good? Is Kelsey Grammer uh, a good player? Yeah, I mean, Kelsey's decent, man. He can play for sure. And you could tell that it was, you know, it was actually him playing. It, David Hyde Pierce is a far more talented musician, I think, than Kelsey Grammer. But, but yeah, he was definitely playing. For sure. David Hyde Pierce, as I understand it, could have gone or did go to Juilliard at uh, one point in his career. So for what? For For vocals? No, for music. Like for like he was he's a pretty well accomplished, not accomplished, but he's a well-versed pianist. Okay. And I had no clue. Yeah. Very like very much so classically trained and and. You know, has dabbled in jazz, and he's so he's he's for real. He's like Goldblum or something. You know, where it's like, oh, he's an actor, but really, he can also he can also jam. Yeah, Goldblum is quite a player, from what I've seen. Just Gold on like late, incredible. Yeah, like late night shows. And I other had a stuff dream like about Goldblum. <laughs> I think a lot of women have had dreams about <laughs> Goldblum. <laughs> And yeah, and it wasn't too sexy. It was there was a it was a little sexy because it's Goldblum. It has to be a little sexy. But I was in like a train station, and Goldblum was there, and he was playing piano. And I introduced myself to him, and I jumped off of this thing to get to him, and I remember being like, "Wow, that was amazing!" And like, yeah, it was very. I impressed him with my jumping skills. What do you think Frazier would say analyzing your dream about Goldblum? Here is this some weird repressed uh, kind of probably that I want to have sex with Goldblum. That's kind of what I was thinking. Was it? (laughs) Is it a Jurassic Park thing? It was the the black leather. Yeah, and he had a gold chain on too. But I think that was just subconsciously because his name has gold in it. Okay shirtless he was open he does rock it open pretty yeah. heavily in a few of those roles yeah interesting i'm not attracted to dudes but if there was a dude to be attracted to it's def- definitely jeff goldblum yeah i mean how could you not be? you like, can't not be you have to be did you see the fly was that him is he the fly i've never seen the fly i've seen clips of the fly but yes that was goldblum not his best work but his, one of his most cult followed works for sure was the fly a villain in the ninja turtles animated series years ago like the gold bloom fly i don't know if it was that gold boom or sorry gold bloom (laughs) gold boom from 1949 (laughs) or 1849 i'm sorry uh that's what it was called right it wasn't a rush it was a gold boom Mm -hmm. yeah so fraser wailing on the piano there then we get introduced to a 
big piece uh, that will live in set history is Martin's chair. Mm, absolutely. I-, I looked this up. There's patterns that you can buy as like bed sheets and you can reupholster your stuff with the Martin's to chair. To make your, to Martin Crane your room. You can Martin Crane it up. So Frazier is uh, none too like pleased. That cost? I might need to look that up right <laughs> now. Oh, yes. incredible. Oh, it, it costs. Uh, is that pretty, on Amazon? Uh, I think it was a, d- a different shop. Rain. Um, this this episode is also sponsored by uh, Martin Crane Chair by Amazon, but not really. It's the Martin Crane website that's dedicated to it. I don't think Amazon <laughs> sells it. Sorry, Amazon. You can sponsor this show when you supply Martin Crane bed sheets. But until that day. No dice. No, there's nothing about Martin Crane chairs on here. That's nah, tough. Come I on, saw some bed sheets or some wallpaper, something I'm like look that. Into that that's that's, right. that's, look that's into that. That's right. Look into it. Uh, so we get the entrance of Martin in his chair. Frazier's none too pleased here. It has less duct tape on it than than it, like the duct tape keeps getting more and more as. The oh, I did not. Okay, I did not realize that. So yeah, minimal duct tape. Mm-hmm. That makes sense though. Then that it would condition. be a progressively aging chair there and then at the very end of the scene we close with niles teasing uh, the existence of eddie so it's basically hey dad have you told fraser about eddie and you're led to believe by fraser's reaction that it's an old police buddy or someone creepy a friend that has to hang around all the time and then we go hard cut to a card that just says eddie and then it's that <laughs> dog just staring at fraser so Which he they, does so much right they use this visual <laughs> gag a bunch i think i think they leaned on this where they're like you know what people love is that dog staring at fraser and he just reacts like a grumpy old psychiatry man that he is so it works great well it's definitely disrupt fraser is if if anything fraser would be a cat guy i think if he had you know what i mean if he had <laughs> an animal i never thought about it actually who, what would fraser have if he had a pet of his own volition uh, he might be an iguana guy oh I you feel think like... he'd go an iguana see i think he'd go cat probably just because cats you have to earn their affection and their okay and he would find them deep and then he would relate it somehow to the egyptians and okay i, I would imagine he would go into the historical you know uh, the history of felines on earth and talk about some bullshit about it he does like a lot of uh, delicate items it seems like a cat might knock over some stuff in his apartment but yeah, i've never owned a, a cat uh, you tell me and sorry for all the cat lovers out there it's nothing against cats my just I, I haven't come across the right cat that i would bring in I do see lots of mice at like uh construction sites you go. when i'm out in the morning so maybe there's a construction site cat that i can grab too but yeah mm. anywhere where there's a dumpster i think you're right there's mice Bound which to be will a cat. lead to cats mm-hmm. and that's the cat you need a scrappy cat mm-hmm Absolutely. You gotta be careful with those. Or scrappy um anything. So I think Fraser would go iguana. You could see Fraser having a terrarium an aquarium I could see. A terrarium, not so much. Yeah, Fraser right. wouldn't have your turtle no. out there. You know? I, I do have a turtle. His name is Turtle Man. And named after the hit Disney, or I don't know if it's a Disney film, sorry, the hit holiday film, Jingle All the Way. I don't think Disney put their name on it. It was shopped to Disney and they said, uh, no thank you, sir. I recently watched Jingle All the Way, like last week. It's fine. It, it holds up. It holds no, it's up. it's great. It's, it holds up. I mean, of course, it's from the 90s and we're going to be talking about the 90s a lot. A lot of stuff in the 90s wouldn't fly now. Sinbad commits a lot of crimes <laughs> uh, towards the end of the film, as he, I recall. He faked a bombing. 
Yeah, oh, multiple times. I, I think in one time it was real. Yeah, it had now, an actual bomb in it. Yes. Inadvertent, but he did threaten that a bombing could occur, and then one did occur. So it would be tough to get out of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do it with a great attorney from a sender, but they'd probably still end up pinning it on you either way. What's the famous the Arnold line in that film where he uh, says, put like, the cookie down. Put the, go- yeah, exactly. put the cookie down. That's right. Phil Hartman, uh, just in Rita Wilson's God, uh, kitchen, Phil making, Hartman is so making good. Cookies. Yeah, and Barbara and I were talking about Phil Hartman. She had no idea of Phil Hartman's demise. And it was like a shock. You know what I mean? Like you tell somebody that for the first time. And she had absolutely no idea. Is this inappropriate for the podcast? I, no, it's not inappropriate. Like I'm just I'm just shocked. That she happens all the time. Like I said, my wife told me that somebody didn't know who Frank Sinatra was the other day. So, And that's the thing. To me, it's common knowledge. But I'm sure I don't know all kinds of new kid wow. stuff. So. The, as time goes on, it will become less and less slip known. by people. D- right. You know? uh, so, yes, the demise of Phil Hartman was untimely and uh, tragic, but somehow Bob Barker is still with us. It's incredible. Yeah, you did know? you see that? He turns 99 today. I, that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. I was like, hey, uh, Bob Barker's in the news for I, not I had dying. that exact same thought. I was like, geez. Good job, Bob. Not dead. Not dead. I'm amazed one of those beauties hasn't come and just uh, finished the job almost. Um, you know, <laughs> yeesh. poor Bob Barker. He was great um, hosting the show. I don't know about his uh, personal life, though, but I think no he's clue. a good golfer. He is a good golfer. He kicks some serious ass, too. Uh, he can kick. I've seen it happen in a movie. I don't know that I've seen it happen in real life, so I don't know at 99 that he's kicking much ass anymore. I, I think I could. I think I could take them at 99 i think i'd like to see that okay uh mr barker um mr barker if you or your representatives are listening please reach out to me at uh, jordanwilson at (laughs) gmail.com and uh, he'll take care of it for you i promise i'll set it up for you Uh, so our next scene here we cut to cafe nervosa where Frazier is freaking out after one night with Martin alone. He's inconsolable, so he orders a double espresso. This is different from his order earlier in the episode. I think he orders a cafe latte supremo. I did not know that supremo means supremely excellent. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's like like when you buy an SE car. That's what it means, supremely excellent. Okay, I did not know that. (laughs) I thought it meant sex engine. It does. That's why I got it. I was like, yeah, I got this Honda sex Sex engine. engine. Yeah, it's great. It's worked out for me. (laughs) Uh, So... Frazier immediately wants out of the deal, asks Niles, hey, can you take this old man back in here? To which Niles says, no, but I'll give you some cash for a home health care worker, basically. And that's his uh, kind of Which would have been what, like the deposit? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. She's employed by Frazier for like 10 years. Yeah, so. so I don't know if he's splitting that cost forever. Even though if, even though Niles is pretty well off and does great for himself, he's kind of cheap, no? Uh, uh, seemingly, and it seems like I don't know how well he's doing. Later in the series, we will see him go through some financial hardships go through financial times, stress. But, but in this episode, he's dressed to the nines. Thanks, he's guys. Got, yeah, exactly. He's got 90s fashion on display. He's got the big ties. He's got the big stripedy shirt, so. Lives in the most fancy building. Um, he's looking great. That's kind of his compromise here is, hey, I can't take the old man off your hands, but hey, here's some cash, so go hire someone. Uh, so then we get into Fraser's apartment. You see him gladly saying, hey, you were great. Uh, you were a great uh, housekeeper to interview here. And the door shuts and Martin's just 
denying every applicant. Seems like a classic Mrs. Doubtfire scene where they're not they're not getting scammed, but Martin wants no part of it here. Then we get to meet our heroine, Daphne Moon, who will be with us for many, many years to come, like you said. Uh, and she connects with Martin and Eddie instantly. She's British. Uh, I've never known many British people. Uh, I've met like a few and been friends with them, but I don't have a long-term British friend or certainly no. not a... Or is it English? I never know. Are, she, they, are they English or British? Uh, I have no clue. Okay, my no bad. Clue. I think... Uh, it's I'm, the British Open, but are the people I don't want to show English? my American arrogance, yeah, so I'm not going to... I'm, I'm not going hey, into that. you'll find this out after I say y'all enough times, but we are from <laughs> Texas, but... But, uh, you know, we don't wear cowboy hats or anything like that. No. But, yeah, when you hear us say y'all, I'm sorry. And if I don't know much about... Uh, y'all is a conjunction of the word you and all. So it means it's an inclusive term. Mm-hmm. For, <laughs> we're just trying to include everybody. And sometimes we say, what are all of y'all doing? Yeah, which uh, all makes, y'all. Yeah, what are all y'all doing tonight? Mm. And uh, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Texas cats who love Frasier and 90s TV and mm. TV history there. Mm. British people. You know any British people, Jordan? Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, I know like one of my good buddies m- moved to England with his wife, who was born in Scotland, but raised in, Eng- in, in England. So she was raised like in in london so she's i mean is scotland part of of the british empire i mean buddy i think it is we're getting into i think it's part of the united kingdom yes but i don't know if it's british what does scotland yard do they're the big important ones for detective work still yeah the baseball field it's a great baseball field, actually. I think it exists in, uh, I think it's Kansas. There's Scotland Yard. But the detective one, I want to say they solved a bunch of like Jack the Ripper murders years ago, maybe. Was that them? Well, that unfortunately, Jack the Ripper was never solved. That's oh, an unsolved, that's oh, an unsolved gosh. case. Oh, God. <laughs> we probably know a little bit more about Scotland Yard if they were the one that cracked that nut. What a terrible error I've made. But she here. she is she is the closest thing that I have to a British friend. She reminds you of Daphne Moon? It, she's kooky. She is definitely kooky like okay. like Daphne. So I don't know if that's just how they make them, but Daphne Daphne was 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 from uh Manchester, which that's is right. like you know, you got they they're all about their football and they're all about uh being cockney. Okay, I've heard. I don't of know the if that's an offensive team. term, so I, I do apologize yeah, exactly. if it is. I I do not understand derogatory terms from other countries. That is tough. I will tell you that I don't know either. I'm going to so educate myself on that. I will educate myself on that. All my education of it so far, I think, comes from Oliver Twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that consider yourself at home. Don't st- can't do it. Thing. I was like, that's about all I know. And <laughs> I, then, I, and then the can you give the me? Queen can you died. say? Can you say? Uh, not quite my tempo in. Uh, your best Cockney accent for me, like not quite my tempo. See, I can't tell the difference between that and a person actually born there. So oh, that was okay. that yeah. was very good. I just love the area so much. I know nothing about it, but I love it. Summer, so, so summers much. in Manchester. That's right. That's the Win- name of my winters book. Winters in Texas. <laughs> That's right. It's the name of my novel right there. Winters in Manchester. <laughs> summers in Texas. A New York Times worst seller. I bought all four copies of it. He just loves that Texas heat. (laughs) Why did I price them at $300 a copy? 
was a terrible decision. <laughs> they did not move at volume, and they were very painful it's for right, me to man. buy back. Things yeah. are just going to start happening for you, man. It's all right. It's all right. We got a big box of them. We're going to make. Now it you've work. got a platform to promote your work. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, please go buy my book that I already forgot the name of. Uh, Winters in Manchester and Texas is Forever. I think is what it was <laughs> called. Uh, at the end of this scene here, where we meet Daphne, I think Martin hires her on the spot, mm-hmm. but Daphne. Uh, misunderstands and thought the position was a live-in position which i will say would be kind of a deal breaker for me fraser does set this up as like hey this is a deal breaker i'm not gonna let you move in with and i feel like she only thought that because her last position was a live-in position okay so she mentions she's like well in my last job it was a live-in job so she just figured (laughs) did you think martin in the condition we've seen warrants a live-in condition or is he just like a dog or kind of scenario where it's like just come by and check on him i think it's days. another one of those like avoidance plays where fraser just doesn't want to deal with it <laughs> so he's just like uh, oh, fuck it like let's, not wrong <laughs> let's get her in here yeah and martin's martin offers up fraser's fraser's study <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's true. Live. uh martin offers up the extra not study my study yeah and then fraser explodes <laughs> that's right <laughs> fraser goes on a very selfish i mean maybe he's entitled to set some boundaries but he definitely goes on a selfish rant here about how his entire life has been turned upside down and he already griped to niles about how he had to cancel the opera and cancel his oh, fancy back waxing or whatever he was doing there's a lot of good setup in that first episode very well written because I, of the fact that it you know it shows his naivete against you know like normal life and just like how people normally live like marty marty just is a normal dude he is i will say marty's also kind of an asshole in this <laughs> episode Mar- marty's not very warm he came off as very bitter well, in this first bitter. episode His sons don't want him that's tough uh it doesn't seem like he's made a lot Do you of think effort niles either. mentioned the home situation to martin <sighs> Like, was he like, hey, dad, we'll just put you in an old folks home. It doesn't put, I don't put it past Niles' If I said that to my father, he would beat the shit out of me. Oh, I mean, you got to at least razz him about it. I don't have the money to put my old man in a home because he'd just gripe and moan or be like, no, I'm not going any home. (laughs) I am not used to this lifestyle. (laughs) You will eat your Salisbury steak. Sorry, that lets me talking to him. Sorry, I got confused on my character. I can't even do that. Exactly. I'm just morphing into it. I hope that your voice turns in. By the way, uh, listeners, that is an impression of Steve's dad. Or any lawyer. Or if any you hear lawyer. Me do yeah. any, any lawyer will probably talk like this. You boys just treat this place like a frat house. Treated my father's house like a frat house when I was a child. We won't get too much into it, but there's. there's Never joined a frat, so I really don't know. I'm going to have to take his word for it. It's funny because I don't think he joined a frat either because that is not how people treat a frat house. I think he was basing it all <laughs> off of the movie Animal House. <laughs> I think that, that's entirely what his knowledge of frat houses are. And so. Maybe that's true. Maybe we did treat it like a friend. I'll have to revisit that movie, but I Well, don't. I don't want to go too far off onto a tangent, but there was the time in which I so I used to when I smoked cigarettes and I didn't want my parents to know that I smoked cigarettes, I used to I came up with this ingenious way of not getting the smoke on me. It was a gen, it was genius. I would wear, well, first of all, maybe not so genius. I would wear Steve's dad's leather coat and zip it all the way up. It's a badass leather coat. Badass <laughs> leather coat. It's like a bomber wear, jacket I wore leather the shit coat. Out of that. And I would zip it all the way up. And then I would I would actually cuff the handcuffs so tight that no smoke was like a smoke tight cuff. 
And then I <laughs> put right. on rubber gloves. That's right. Smoke my cigar on both hands. Where'd you get the rubber gloves? You purchased them yourself. I as either I purchased them myself from like a drugstore because this is before the days of Amazon, you know, to yeah. deliver to your house. Uh, or I, or maybe my parents had them and I jacked them from my parents, you know, uh, but I would wear these rubber gloves and instead of throwing, and then I would smoke my cigarette outside and then, uh, I, I would dispose of the rubber gloves instead of like a normal human being, like putting them in the trash. I should just walk around back and put them in your trash can. No, I just tossed them in into, your, into your bushes, the front bushes, the front bushes right by the door. Yeah. And just, I mean like right below your bedroom window and just never, you know, it never occurred to me that like, Oh, well these are going to pile up and somebody's going to find these because you know, parents, they clean out their bushes and they do your know, mom did gardening and i think you were right to just leave it out there and see what happened yeah, you know you never take, know take the risk i exactly. mean exactly that, that so that was us treating it like a frat house well yeah, steve's dad true. found them or steve's mom found them called steve into the room yeah know, steve when are these only rubber gloves this is really weird that's a creepy conversation to have and even weirder excuse to be like well my friend i swear it's i not, love that you didn't me. like you were immediately like nope not me didn't <laughs> not you were like i didn't do that that's I'm not, not into me. that scene, man. Not I know me. what you're thinking, buddy. And you I didn't even explain it. it for me. You you just came out and you were like, my parents want to see you in their bedroom. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I went in there. Hey, yeah, you got to take care of this. I will man. never I forget you because out. your your mom and your dad were just laying in bed. Your mom was like watching TV and your dad was doing lawyer you know, stuff with his lawyer ledgers probably watching nascar listening to it and i had to explain to your parents what that was and why i was doing it and mm -hmm. i your mom laughed so hard <laughs> having to explain that I, I used it to smoke cigarettes and uh yeah. it's an ingenious plan like you said i mean it just blew up in my face i mean no one knew but they were cool it's not like they called my parents and they were like guess what he was doing yeah exactly bingo they were cool with it it's fine just next time don't throw yeah. your rubber gloves. As yeah. a homeowner now, yes, I know that. Yeah, yeah, throw them in the neighbors across the way. Mess up their house exactly. if you can, because it helps my Shove property Shove them in value. the tailpipe of that car that never moved okay. from your driveway. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was definitely a thing. You got to hold on to those. They're only, cars are well known to just uh, appreciate. I've got between, a car that doesn't yeah, move mine. That's, so. <laughs> that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It, it looks cool, man. I <laughs> mean, you know, you're just like, hey, I work on this thing. I, I work on this car. Don't worry about it. Get under it. the hood every now and then. No. I've changed a tire once or twice in my life. You know, you got to do that every couple years to a car that doesn't move, right? Or no, I don't know anything you, about cars. I mean, you I just put you it up on blocks. The you sell the tires. You just do. sell them off. You do. You just sell. Well, yeah, you do. You sell them off. You just put, you take them to the pawn shop. Okay, homeowners association get mad if you just throw up cars on blocks. On blocks. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it out front. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> I don't want anybody to think this is a crime-riddled neighborhood. You don't live in an HOA neighborhood, but I do. So yeah, maybe, I don't. Well, maybe I should try that with my car. No, now. I can tell you, I definitely do not. Probably not safe. It's on an incline, so I don't know. If that's... <laughs> How do blocks work on an incline? They I turn know. into triangles. I oh, think at yeah, that point that makes sense. <laughs> So our final scene, we get back here and we see a title card that just says Lupe Velez. And we're back in the KACL studios. This leads to a classic Roz scene where Frazier's basically spilling his guts to his radio producer, Roz. He's like, hey, I, I don't want to deal with my old man. And now he's moved in this crazy, what he perceives as crazy Daphne Moon lady here. And she 
essentially tells him, hey, you know, life doesn't go the way it's supposed to and anchors it by this Lupe Velez story where this lady took a bunch of pills to kill herself. Which, shockingly, Fraser has never heard of. It seems odd to me as well, too. It seems like he definitely, or they try to paint him as someone who plays dumb for, like, he's got a blind spot for maybe well-known things but then like earlier in the episode he mentions when he's talking to Roz that he's not a piece of Lalique he can take criticism so I did try to make a note of like what are the fancy things that Frazier mentions (laughs) that I have no idea what what Frazier is talking about Lalique is a fine crystal that uh yes it it often goes with for like 25 grand and stuff like that you're like yes that is a fine piece of crystal there that i would know nothing about Lalique. so where fraser is very knowledgeable i have huge blind spots and maybe vice versa with the character that's how it's kind of supposed to operate i guess lupe velez has an enchilada dinner and borks the suicide basically so that's Roz's way of giving a nice uh, parable about like hey man uh, she was still famous all she wanted to do was be famous and you know the suicide didn't make her famous because she wanted to look all pretty in this suicide but she's famous now because I told you this story about her horking up a bunch of enchilada <laughs> pills one night alright sounds good we go to Martin calling in what do you think about Martin calling into the show here the fact that he part- Participated, I think, is is a show of support for his son in a way that he wanted to bury the hatchet and he wanted to move on. I think that was the the functionality of it. Bury the hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's got to be a dumb metal song named "Bury there's the Hatchet." Be, right? Sorry, I don't know why that my brain went there. But yeah. <laughs> there's gonna be that and Eye Masters. Remember, uh, we got to make the Eye Masters song. All right. Do you remember how that goes? No, please give it back. Eye Masters. The of your eyes there that should be their logo they're a sound bite would that work for thigh masters could yeah, yeah. The, okay. the masters of your thighs <laughs> oh man that's a different kind of slogan the yeah. master of your thighs it's <laughs> kind of gross and creepy <laughs> on the note of martin calling in so ross does a good job on this one I don't see it revealed, and maybe it goes at a different point in the series. We haven't gotten through all these episodes, obviously. Episode one here. How does she screen these calls and not get Frasier just pranked incessantly? Because I would call in and give Roz the fakest story about a mental health issue that I wanted help with. And then as soon as I got on the air with Frasier, it would just be... Something completely different. Exactly. Like, let's just mess with this guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they do that a bunch in the series. I can't recall. I'm sure there's some iconic moments that I'm forgetting here. But Martin calls in, buries the hatchet, and says thank you, which is all Frasier wants. Mm -hmm. It's just, hey, you've uprooted my life. He says thank you, and then Frasier kind of apologizes. Frasier's big on respect. (laughs) He's like a prison pod boss. Okay. Tell me more. Where'd you learn about prison? You did some time. Did a little time. I was in the clink. Okay. All right. Uh, What'd you go in for? Triple murder. (sighs) That long sigh. That's right. That long sigh is what we like to call uh, an admission of guilt. Yes. I murdered a few relationships, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. They were with your barber, yep. your banker, yep. and your accountant Absolutely. all at once. You're yeah. like, I called them up and I fired all three of them. I got a bad haircut. Never should have taken them to ponchos. Cost me an arm and a leg. Oh, it was the worst. Yeah. 
Just so people know, Poncho's is not a business type restaurant. You don't go there for corporate dinners? Is that what you mean? Would Fraser be at a Poncho's? Does he raise the flag? Did they? Was it episode? No, it wasn't episode one. It's. I'm sorry. And you know, this brings up a good point. It's difficult to try and rewatch Fraser and not continue and watch the next episode. Have you noticed? They're so short. They're so short. A and B. It's like I need to watch. I need. You know, it's like I want it all in the background. I. I, I, feel I need like, my fix. Yeah, and I felt. I was like when when we started this project, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go and only watch the episode so that it's fresh in my mind. I can't do it. I have to. I mean, I'm already like deep into season one now oh and no i'll just rewatch it i mean it doesn't matter oh man you're deep in there huh yeah i mean who cares All it doesn't up matter Fraser's I, I don't think it'll mess things up except for w- what i was about to say is did they go to a restaurant no i think that's episode two so we'll talk about that next time how dare you how dare i and that's right. the the viewers in 1993 had no idea what yeah. this restaurant con they've never even heard of a restaurant in 1993 i don't know that ponchos was a thing in 93 <sighs> I think that may have been its best year was 1993. Yeah, they never got as good. For those listening that have no idea what we're talking about, Poncho's is a Mexican buffet in which you raise a flag. Uh, so it's a buffet style. You go through the line and you get your enchiladas and your chimichangas. Oh, yeah. But, and oh God, I loved it. <laughs> my mom refused to go to Poncho's. All so they, my dad and I would go and that was a special, <laughs> special, you know, dad son time. All they did was market to children where mm-hmm. they were like, Hey, we're going to give you free coupons at school for ponchos. They did, didn't they? They would just load you up You'd with ponchos. You'd think that there would be like some entertainment there, but there wasn't any entertainment. The, the, the most no entertaining mariachi thing, guys? No, God, no. The <laughs> most entertaining thing was raising that fucking flag. That was the kids loved raising the flag. How high is that flag nowadays? It's, uh, you know, all of six inches. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I was like, I recall it being pretty small. It was like, like one pole flag. and it was all the way up. <laughs> like it's not a majestic flag yeah. that hangs above But that you. would signal the way waiter to come over to you but it was a buffet so it's like why do you need, you need a waiter to like refill your drinks and give you some sopapillas <laughs> waiter and more sopapillas more sopapillas over here please drench it in honey there's a place in colorado that they made fun of on south park okay which is kind of that exact same thing except it's it, they have entertainment and there's like i mean it's a real place and there's like a there's like a dancers and there's a huge show and casa like, bonita casa bonita okay i was like i and know there's enough an about actual south waterfall park. And, okay. and like people swim and dive off the waterfall and like yeah it's crazy town uh but they have a flag system as well. <laughs> yeah. that's what you need every successful business has a flag pulley system yes. for sure or an off on keep pushing food down my gullet system yeah ponchos check it out i don't know if they're still in existence in texas but it was in around in the 90s they may all be dead now. if it is we're going to get lunch at ponchos <laughs> after right. this after this if they still exist uh, valerie Bertinelli was friends with uh, jane leaves who played daphne so she was in the studio audience that day valerie Bertinelli married to van halen eddie van halen for a little while and recently revealed in matthew perry's book to have made out with Matthew Perry while Eddie Van Halen was passed out at a just a random party one time. So, dang, bold maneuver by Matthew Perry and uh, Valerie Bertinelli did not deny this. She just said, "Yeah, we all did crazy stuff in our twenties, or maybe she said thirties or forties. And I don't what know. he means by that is a whole lot of drugs. Yeah, a whole lot of drugs. And I doubt it was just making out. I don't know that people in their twenties really just make just out. Make out. Um, maybe they okay. do. Hey, maybe it was a, a just a peck." 
It was. We very, don't. We don't want to throw out any accusations, but it sounds like Valerie Bertinelli banged Champ. That's what I'm saying here, or at least while, there was some hand stuff. While a god of the of the guitar was passed out next to him. <laughs> Maybe she just knew it wasn't going to happen that night with Eddie, and she was just looking to, uh, you know. Have some fun. You know, <laughs> she was having some sexy time. Yeah, so that takes us to the end of Frasier Season 1, Episode 1 there, The Good Son. Uh, now let's take a look at our sideshow episode of the week here, Home Improvement. So this is their third season, Episode 1, so it's kind of premiere week here. This is September. Everyone's kind of premiering at the same time. This one aired one day prior on Wednesday, September 15th, and slaughtered the viewership of the Frasier pilot here. So well, of course, I think the Frasier, Frasier pilot was had... a spinoff by the, you know, of course we all know that spinoffs generally don't get nearly as many, you know, doesn't gain as a lot of traction right off but the bat. America loved them. Some Tim Allen, so 36.6 million viewers tuned in. Can for... you give me a Tim Allen like sound? <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. I try to go with the uh, double uh, there. Uh, yeah, exactly. You've got me beat. I don't have a great grunt uh, of his. Uh, <laughs> I, I can do some phrase. Can we stuff before we get into into it? Can we talk about how good? the intro theme is like a straight up jam it is a jam i love it and i think it fits the composite or the fits the show style very very well so the composition and kind of the way it's built with all the like you know uh, drill sounds and the, the, and the, the uh, anvils yeah, there you, go. you know anvils. i spent uh, probably three hours looking for an anvil sound that i liked that matched that sound on a song that you and i worked on and never found it impossible that impossible anvil is patented it's trademarked you cannot get that anvil sound <laughs> anywhere. yeah exactly. it's locked down man <laughs> you have to get pay some heavy licensing yeah killer killer music if you guys haven't heard the uh theme song to home improvement pull it up on uh, on old youtube and listen to it it just it embodies all that is home improvement diy and i mean it's just uh yeah it's a very manly song and then you get the the very end yeah. Have you seen the Doom emulation that is just, you know, Doom the game from, from the same time period, 1993? Uh, I, this is my Frasier blind spot. So video games are a big one for me. I know there is an entire subculture of gamers that have like, yeah, Doom mods. Oh, they, mod, they yeah. modded out Doom for for tim for tim taylor perfect and so it's just every you're firing little pictures of tim taylor the whole the, the entire you know graphics is just reset to tim taylor's mm-hmm. face he's just oh, 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 every time you shoot so if you go say oh, 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 it's great that's a very good sound effect to have i'm a i'm a big fan of any repetitive <laughs> sound effect like because the third time it's terrible, but the hundred and third time it's incredible. We need to get a soundboard. I need to be able to have access to these sound effects. That's right. Someday this is episode one here, y'all. Um, that's right. We're gonna lean into that, y'all. So bear with us here. Uh, home improvement, though. Season three. Tim Allen was a pretty big deal. Was I don't know if JTT Jonathan Taylor Thomas was there yet. What I don't know year, if he was Tiger. What year Bomb. was the Lion King made? Was it nineteen ninety four? Yeah. 94. Was that what skyrocketed him to 
big time status it, was the in my opinion i would think okay. so yeah the the lion king and then he started doing you know all that he got a bunch of gigs after that he just became you know a reputable actor a uh, child actor at that point okay when was he on tiger beat and stuff like I don't that i know what tiger beat is oh that was like uh was that know, on cable bop no it was a magazine you know where all the like dudes hung out see that's another reason why i love talking about this time period because like i didn't have cable television growing up we just oh, had right, you know right. we had just broadcast tv with rabbit rabbit ears you know which by the way i got very good at making things to get reception did okay. you did yeah. you know that if you take a coaxial cable plug it into the back of your television where you would plug in your like rabbit ears split the wires and then attach a bobby pin to it with some tin foil on the end of it you can get better reception than any rabbit ears and plus it has a greater reach i'd pin that bitch in the in the corner of my room i knew every channel location in my room disclaimer the previous statements have not been tested by a certified electrician <laughs> and may only be applicable in 1993 to 1997 yeah, i don't know if that so, technology is available anymore please check with your local provider and a trusted experienced professional before you do whatever on earth jordan just said there <laughs> Jordan, you remind me a lot of Tim Allen, especially as I watched through this episode, and not necessarily in your commentary uh, towards women yeah. that we'll get into yeah, here in this episode. But the guy uh, does call out a lot of like power tools within <laughs> like stuff that's happening. Like I think his kids at some point, uh, Mark or sorry, Randy and Brad are watching a horror movie, and he comments on the chainsaw that the that a Benford Benford five thousand or something right. stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but this episode, their premiere, it's called Maybe Baby. And so uh, Jill's sister's having a baby, and Tim is not really down with the idea of having more kids. So once Jill hears her sister's having one, Jill wants a baby too. So this unfortunately snowballs into Tim just freaking out like crazy. Another note about this one, opening scene here on the Tool Time set, we get our first appearance of our new Tool Girl, Heidi. Yep. So I guess it was... Pamela Anderson before this, who had moved on to Baywatch, Baywatch fame, I would yep. imagine. Yep, she took another gig, apparently. Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, so Heidi, I, I, I did have a huge crush on Heidi. What what <laughs> nine-year-old boy didn't have a huge crush on Heidi? Uh, as a 37-year-old man, I do find myself infinitely more attracted to Jill Taylor than Heidi. Well, Jill's a good mom, and but she yeah, provides, and she is, a, she is super hot. But yes, I agree. The way the network positioned it is like eight nine year old probably 13 to 20 year olds it's like heidi is what it's all I about hope here. by some grace of god patricia richardson hears this <laughs> downloads I, this podcast oh i will send it to her <laughs> you, you bet the core thing about this episode is not only does jill want another kid that tim doesn't want she starts reminiscing about how she wanted a girl for her third child and I will say this is something I wrestle with a bunch. As a father of two boys, man, you are rolling the dice if you go with number three because you're like, if I get three boys, this house will be destroyed. You're going to be as bald as Homer Simpson. Right. Like, But you you do. You want that girl, and that's kind of a core tenant of this episode. Yep. Is that There is definitely something different about I have one girl and one boy myself. And so, yeah, I mean, my son is only a, you know 14 months. He's a little guy, but... Yeah, the being a girl dad is, uh, you know, it's quite different. That's it, right. Obviously, there's a lot more affection and a lot more, a different way of approaching certain situations, obviously, when they're children. So, so based on what you saw in this episode of uh, Tim 
making jokes at uh, Al's mom's expense, <laughs> not only in front of Al and on TV, yeah. but also when he gets home. He uses Al's mom as a constant punchline. Tim's kind of a... As a kind of a jerk to pretty much everyone in this episode he's not very nice to al i think that's his entire comedy though like tim tim allen's comedy is pretty he's not nice to al's replica too i forgot we skipped (laughs) over the he gets a i don't know what the tool time budget is but there is a like i would i would assume that thing cost five grand yeah there's a custom al borland like a robot yeah it's like a robot al borland mannequin that tim cuts the head off of (laughs) After just shredding Al to pieces for the first, there's an appearance of of that uh, of that prop at the end of the episode as well. (laughs) They get a lot of mileage out of it uh, in the ABC version, but I was shocked that Tool Time, which I believe is like a regional or even just like citywide TV show, but he mentions it's on cable all the time. Okay, that okay, I guess it is a cable show, so that that maybe does explain a lot. Jill wants a daughter, and she conveys that, or she wanted a daughter previously, and unfortunately, she conveys that by giving Tim a pink blanket that Tim then later goes to throw out, and he's spotted by his uh, two of his three sons. His three kids are. Mark, Brad, and Randy. I think Brad's the oldest. Randy, played by JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, for the uninitiated there. And then uh, little Mark Taylor, who I I don't know these actors' names. I apologize. Taryn something, maybe. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, but the two older boys spot the pink thing, and Tim, for some reason, is like, yeah, I gotta, gotta get rid of this thing, because, uh, yeah, you know, your mom wanted Mark to be a girl. So... Of course, two two older brothers are gonna take that and run with it. Uh, did your older brothers ever run with uh, like pranking you about whether or not you were actually alive, or like pretend not to hear you and act like they were deaf or anything like that? They ever uh, actually yes. Yeah, um, I think that's a common one that kids will do. Yes, uh, my so I've got an older brother and two older sisters, and when I was about five, they pulled me into their bedroom uh, or like my sister's bedroom upstairs, turned on some music, and we had a great little you know dance party going. There, everybody was dancing, and then somebody snuck over and turned off the music, and everybody kept dancing as if the music was on, and then they were mouthing at me like, "You can't hear me, you can't hear me," and they're pointing yeah. at their ears. What's wrong with you? And I. I flipped out to this day um, going deaf is like one of my greatest fears in life. Absolutely. So that um, needless to say, probably scarred me at some, you know, deep down somehow. Uh, and um, are you talking? I cannot hear you right now. Oh my I'm God. sorry. Like I'm getting nothing in my cans. <laughs> oh my God. Can we check on this? Uh, check the levels here real quick. Oh no, I see nothing. Again, it's no. flatlined. Oh my God. It's flat. Please the waveform shows nothing. Oh, oh my gosh. This is terrifying. <gasps> that is tough. Oh yeah. They, they fucked with me quite a bit. I went to my, my family Christmas party uh, just <laughs> a couple of nights ago. And well, my cousin and my brother, um, definitely told me one time that uh there was a serial killer on the loose and that i need to watch out he's been going in through people's windows and murdering them true and uh so that was enough to scare me so i, I was definitely the mark mark's the youngest one right in this in 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 home improvement oh, i was yes, the mark. He is the baby i was getting picked on and yeah so these kids pick on him pretty hard they're like hey you know mom wanted you to be a girl why don't you wear a dress, Mark? Or I'm sure they're giving them everything they've got here. The 
the razzing doesn't last long, actually. Mark is pretty impacted pretty quick, yeah. and then he's over it. They, or, yeah. I mean, not over it, but, like, they're on to the next scene there. Um, so <laughs> He's refusing cake from his mom, and he doesn't want to bake anymore with her and doesn't want to do anything that feels, you know, uh, effeminate, I think. Then we get Tim on the tool time set. I forgot that this was a main theme of the show where Tim will just go on and talk about his personal life. And even Al calls him on this with the like, hey, I, I thought you weren't going to do this this year where like we we talk about tools and we talk about home improvement. Nobody wants to show. know what's going on at yeah. home. <laughs> and so he just go. And I'm sure they're like, dude, you get in trouble every time you go on these like little, you know, rants about whatever. Because even in this one, he's like, what is it with women wanting more babies? You know, <laughs> like I tell you what would make it good if women were giving birth to cars. Then I'd come out and watch. You know, we could fill stadiums with that stuff. Right? Do you think the function of, because he was a main writer on the show, do you think the function of the Tool Time show was so that he could do some of his comedy, you know, like his act? Oh, basically. I think, yeah, that's what the network built those shows yeah. around a lot of times. It was a vessel for him to be able to right. do stand-up. Exactly, and so people knew how to write for him, and they're like, yeah, he's a just a jerk basically that people seem to love if he just plays himself as very stupid now i don't know if this is uh too delicate and if it is you can uh edit in a, a different story D does it, is this during the time in which tim allen was doing a whole bunch of cocaine <laughs> uh, no there's nothing too delicate about this at all okay um look i was selling tim allen cocaine <laughs> during these years uh when i was a nine-year-old i was running a very complex drug operation i remember in and out of the los angeles area it went around for a lot of years um he was a big big client mark ended up being one of my big clients too um so yeah mark taylor ended up buying a lot of <sighs> a lot of yay off me boy uh, no i i think tim allen was certainly arrested for cocaine possession and dealing earlier and dealing the, i think that's what they said it was he probably just had a buttload of cocaine right. i think that's what it was they just like pinned some dumb trafficking he's using that something. tool time money <laughs> well yeah that's right <laughs> No, I have no doubt that every celebrity was doing cocaine in vast amounts in oh, the sure. 90s, especially if you're on TV. Like, I've seen that permanent midnight movie. That writer was on heroin writing for ALF. So, <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, I think everybody in Hollywood is probably doing drugs as we speak all day, every day. Okay, you it's, know? Just, it's just a regular, you know. Just a part of it, just yeah. Just a part of it. So, yeah, he goes on TV, gripes about his wife. Uh, then goes home, has to talk with Wilson. So this is the first time we see Wilson in this. Or Wilson, that actor, did he ever get other work or was he just nobody the Wilson will know. guy? Nobody knows that, because we never saw his face. That's because so what he a, was the, his most famous role, you didn't see his face. So it's kind of hard to tell. He's uh, got to do voice acting. A simple IMDb search would show us what uh, he's done. Yeah, I, I mean, we, who could even know how to use the internet in times like these? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's got to do voice acting. Like, I feel like I'd know his voice as soon as I heard the distinctive Wilson. He seems timber. like a guy that would do like nature documentaries. Now, what was Wilson doing when we saw him first? Well, do you remember the first thing we saw Wilson do? I always think he's into seedy stuff. That's always what it looks like to me. Like he's always like whittling some Unabomber stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what is Wilson doing playing, over there? He was playing a, a Russian grandmaster in chess by mail. Okay. <laughs> they do always have a funny gag for what he's doing. But it was by mail and All he right. had it set up in yeah. his backyard. That's I guess fine. he just takes the thing inside and waits for the thing. How long would a chess game by mail take? Especially it's, when you're mailing to Russia. 
Hey, that's what people in the 90s did. We had pen pals and chain letters, and I'm sure a game of chess would take years, and you enjoyed it. Yeah, 93 was when you had to explain what the internet was going to be. Just like I have to explain a lot of things nowadays that I don't understand, like what a uh, TikTok short is versus a YouTube short, or I don't even know if that's a thing, but I'm already so far out of the loop. It's a... it's sad. So I do feel bad for adults who are like, what on earth is AOL? And right. why are there CDs in my mailbox? And what is this screeching How sound? How do you send an e- e- email? Why do I need an email? Yeah. That's right. Like, I don't want to sit down and type on this crap. I just want to write a letter the old-fashioned way, the way I was taught my cursive. And my- That's going to happen to us easily because people are going to be able to transmit telepathically or something, and we're going to be like, oh, God, no. Like, I'm not I'm not doing that. Yeah, the telepathy thing, like, I think it would end up like Batman Forever where they just, like, take all the energy from our brains and stick it to some weird thing on our forehead and just, like, transmit it somewhere else. Or maybe that's already happening. Maybe. I don't know. It might be. Who knows? So, yeah, Wilson kind of just gives more advice about like well yeah dude your wife's upset because uh you're kind of a jerk being very insensitive to her her needs you're not very empathetic at all you just uh kind of do whatever the hell you want you're a narcissist much like fraser uh you know he just does whatever he wants and then kind of lets him know that hey remember you've also got three boys so like your legacy's all good to go jill's this is kind of the end of it for her until grandkids, probably. And she does have to deal with that mentally. So that's kind of what Wilson gives to the scenario here, like a, a nice fellow. Sure. That's good. That's a good thing to seed in his mind. I'm sure Tim understood none of it. He typically goes and borks the advice, as I recall. That's a recurring gag in the show yes. where he takes the advice that Wilson gives him and then goes and borks well, it. Well, and, and, and in his defense, Wilson does usually... The advice does come in like a Chinese proverb or something. So <laughs> it, it is difficult. He's like, well, Shakespeare once said, yeah. and you're like, Tim's, n- you got to dumb it down for Tim. He's not going to be able to get Shakespeare references, <laughs> man. So just take it down a notch. After that, we get to Jill making up with Tim, or sorry, well, Tim initiating the makeup. But then Jill flip flops instantly. Yep. Like, was like, ah, yeah, I'm glad you want kids, but now I don't want one because I don't really have the time and it's a lot of work. She said she's more just mad because he didn't listen, which mm. is a very like, aren't women crazy kind of thing? And you're like, well, I, was like, <laughs> I mean, kind of. And she was also well within her rights. And I think they really did like drag the character down a peg where it's like, look at how Jill just flip-flops. Just cowers down. Yeah. Look at Tim making all this effort. He went and talked to Wilson and he's really changing his mind insightfully. He's really trying to grow. And then Jill's just like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm sure she legitimately did want a child there for a moment and yes, wanted some empathy from her husband more than anything. Mm, All she got was jokes. (laughs) Yeah, he does run bits on her quite a bit. Lots of Al's mom is fat jokes. She gets some back though a lot, which is good. She's got good comebacks. She's far too playful for I think what he's saying. Sorry, they very clearly have a nice cordial relationship on the joking around there. Then we cut to the Taylor bedroom where for some some reason Jill is all dressed up and super into Tim in a negligee or some kind of nightgown here that 
man, like maybe you could throw on on broadcast TV in the 90s where I was like, okay, like, yeah, I didn't know you could just throw Patricia surprised me too because I was like, ha, yeah, I was like, like, this is way better than the Heidi scenes. Mm -hmm. No offense here. We see Tim walking out of a bathroom that he just blew up, uh, and it doesn't look like a large bathroom. Uh, I maybe they've already gotten to the man's bathroom expansion. I didn't review the entire series I, for know, this one I episode. Know. I don't know. That's one of my favorite episodes. And so Tim does go through a series of episodes where he like kind of builds out his bathrooms and other areas of his home to make Jill's them the, closet. He, yeah, he to make them the man's closet. closet and the man's bathroom mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but. And this one looks like it comes out of a pretty small, like... Just a bathroom. Yeah, just, just like a yeah. closet toilet area that he clearly just blew up. Uh, like, you're like, okay, Tim, like, what are you doing? But Jill, unfazed by this whatsoever. Yeah, it's and, just daily, some daily, t- you know, antics from Tim. And then Tim sends her into the bathroom in order to execute this prank that he's got planned. So not only does he blow the bathroom up, then he's like... Hey, uh, Jill, your teeth are kind of weird. I know you want to make out and get down. Can yeah, you go he says that it? her breath smells. Yeah, you're like, dude, how this guy is <laughs> I really that. going for this. He's like, like, your I, breath is terrible. He blew up the bathroom, then told his wife her breath is terrible, <laughs> then sent her into the bathroom. I don't know how she keeps in the mood during this at all. Like, <laughs> my wife would be like, you are just, no, it's over. Go away. Yeah, exactly. Go, go away. You can sleep on the couch for tonight. Um, <laughs> But she's still super into it. He uh, grabs the Al Borland replica. Which, by the way, does, do you think Tim drives a pickup truck? Oh, man, you know, I don't know what he drives in this era. He goes through classic cars a bunch. He I does. Recall. He always has like a hot rod. He always has like a hot rod or a classic car. So how did he get that thing home? That, that can't be the most like best use of your like vehicle transportation needs to be like i drive a hot rod all the time, all the we, time. we don't have a good gas it mileage gets six vehicle. miles to the gallon <laughs> it's got to be breakdown all the time and but it's got dual little brock intakes <laughs> i would imagine he threw the mannequin in the front seat and um, took hope, the hov lane took the hov lane that's what you have to do that's Classic exactly bit. what you have to do uh and so then jill is super into the al borland she plays right along she likes that it's in the bed there waiting for her to get down with and then uh you know we roll credits and they kind of do these blooper credits things uh-huh. and then, then we're out of there a weird episode it it definitely did a lot better than frazier on this night in 1993 had a bigger following it did uh, the night Frasier aired, September 16th, 1993. On this night uh, that Frasier aired, uh, Minnesota twin Dave Winfield is the 19th player in MLB history to get 3,000 hits. Wow. Did you ever see that Mr. 3000 movie? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I don't think it was very good. Uh, I, I love Bernie Mac. Hilarious. Is that a baseball movie? Yeah, I think it's when Bernie Mac, uh, like he has one of his hits disqualified by statistical review years later so it's like like 29.99 bingo and so he can't he's branded his entire life as mr 3000 uh, i think he like retired the day he got to 3000 hits uh, and then that's like good. that's good bit yeah, does he have to go back to get another you one bet. Oh, i mean that's perfect. how the movie got made oh, you know they're like and then bernie mac goes back to the majors and it's like what if billy madison was like bernie mac and rookie of or sorry yeah what if it was a baseball movie, basically? Uh, so, huh. yeah, that's the only, like, crazy cool thing that happened on that particular day there. Some weird movies out and uh, albums out during this week. 
movie Airborne, uh, the rollerblading oh, of movie, course. which I was a big fan of, of came out this Friday, the uh, September 17th, 1993, and, 1993. Do either of your kids have rollerblades? They do. They don't skate on them. They went ice skating recently. Oh, really? And totally, you know, just beef it everywhere. So that That's was cool. promising. We got to get back out on the ice. That's right. We got to get back out on the ice. In terms of albums here, Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell, with the hit single, I'd Do Anything for Love, <laughs> But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. Which it says was 12 minutes long. I did note that. I was like, woo, a 12-minute track. So there had to be a radio edit. It's been a while yeah. since I've gone and listened to but it. But even the radio edit, I mean, can they boil, can they boil that down to three minutes? <sighs> They're going to have to. I mean... <sighs> I don't, I don't know what the longest radio song is. It's got to be like Inagata DeVita or something crazy. I don't know what the longest one is. That's just because it's stupid organ. So. That's true. And then another uh, like Counting Crows record that was big in 93 called August and Everything After. Mm-hmm. Had, mm-hmm. had round here in the, the big hit Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and me. That's the one. You heard it all through the 90s on every VH1 special, every everything. That's that's some good stuff there. We're about out of time here on Sideshow Frasier. Find us anywhere you want on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram. We're at Sideshow Frasier everywhere. If you are listening on a podcast app or like a Spotify, Apple, give us a little rating up there. I think that helps us quite a bit. So Mm. if you've listened to a few episodes, pop that star rating. Hey, give us one stars if you hated it. Give us five if you loved it. Mm. Three if we're very, very mediocre. Mm. Um, But we'll continue doing this. It will not be home improvement each week. We'll have another show next week that subs in here. I think we've got Coach on the slate. So that's right. An episode of Coach. And then, of course, season one, episode two of Frasier. Let's take a trip down memory lane. I love Coach. Heck yeah, we will next week. We're going to see how it holds up, see if it's a stinker episode or not. Um, I can't wait. Join us next week. Hope you had fun. I'm Steve Shackelford. This is Jordan Wilson. And we'll see you next week. Are you ready for some Frasier? Show. Sure.